Hello, my name is Trevor Nate, and I'll be discussing Chapter 6 today. Transportation has had major impacts on culture and society around the world. Transportation allows for more movement around the globe, thus bringing different cultures together and creating a more diverse world in the cultural department. Also, reference to ethnic, en ethnic enclaves helps to convey the fact that the ethnic enclaves helps to create pockets of many cultures around the world, thus making the world more diverse in certain areas. I can relate to this topic I can relate this topic to the population and migration unit, which we previously studied because we focused a lot on why and the types of people that migrated places. If I were to read a book, the cover would be a picture of different cars with different cultures in each to demonstrate transportation and ethnic enclaves. I hope you uh, I believe that ethnic enclaves and transportation help culture in our world become more diverse. Uh, I hope you had a blast with my podcast. In chapter 7, the main ideas were language and culture. One of the main points was the origin of languages and how they diffused. In, in the text, it shows that all languages descended from one original language and that most of the languages today can be grouped in about 15 families. Another main point was the cultural landscape, which has to do with reflecting people's linguistic heritage and tying them to the place, tying them to that place, such as language. I believe that as languages grow old, it can become part of a group's culture and it can be taught and passed down that way. It will always be remembered. As part of my language culture, I say things like y'all, and sometimes I have a slight accent uh, that I got from my mom while living in Texas. So when I get older, my kids will do the same. A book I can compare to this would be The Selection, in that the book people are grouped into different numbers based off of the amount of money and how they live together in their life. But their number could change. They could take on a new lifestyle. This relates to the cultural and language because it, in different areas there are different cultures and languages spoken just like me, just like the different numbers also if you move or visit a new place then you can learn and see more about that place and culture a catchphrase that can sum up this chapter is a people with the a, pe a, a people without knowledge of their history and a culture is like a tree without roots. So this is saying that culture makes the person who they are and helps define who we really are. Hello, my name is Trevor Nate, and today I will be discussing two of Chapter 8's main topics, religious and ethnic landscapes. The fact that geographers, to analyze religion and ethnicities, feel the need to define their religions is understandable. However, I also feel as that professionals, they should allow regions and ethnic groups to worship and practice their own tradition as, as they please without having to be questioned about the exact details of their personal beliefs. Also, the point, of, the point how Christianity, Islam, and Judaism are all vastly similar. Thus, this is new information to me that seems unconnectable. To me, these practices are very unique in their own ways. For example, their leaders, places of worship, and even popularity. However, these regions are three major Middle Eastern religions, a connection they all share. 
I believe that so I believe that cultural landscapes can be determined by the examinations of uh, the region's ESPN, its economic, social, political, and environmental standards. The text itself is very centered around certain levels, levels of economies, social structures, just very systematic. This is almost identical to one of my favorite book series, The Selection. The government in this novel has divided society into eight levels, essentially where one was royalty and eight was homeless. The examples of different kinds of landscapes we've been studying in class remind me of how the public was defined into different rankings of wealth. The book for this chap the book cover for this chapter will be covered in symbols to represent the different categories and levels of cultural and ethnic landscapes. For example, small and big dollar signs, distinct environmental features within a within a lens of a camera referring to both media and pop culture as well. As, a, as the documentary we watched earlier this unit. That is Chapter 8, Religious and Ethnic Landscapes. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I connected most with the religion mind map that we created today in class. Since I'm a very or, uh, creative person, this activity allowed me to write out and draw what I wanted in, in a creative readable formation. This activity also allowed us to work independently, which I also like. This helped me learn and understand more about the most five practice religions in our world today, Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, Hindu, and Judaism. During this unit, I struggled with the different vocabulary used, specifically the types of diffusion. The first set of notes we completed covered the differences between the diffusions, but throughout the weeks, those uh, differences were lost. To fix the problem, I would refer uh, back to Quizlet and also the notes. For the why of the where, I once again thought back to our first set of notes. For example, there is a meatless veggie burger on the menu at McDonald's in India because beef is taboo for those who practice Hinduism. Between chapters 6, 7, and 8, I noticed that a similarity they share is obviously culture but also a focus in human attributes and how people learn from each other and how that helps mold our culture. We consistently share personal details about our technology, attitudes, behaviors, and practices, which factors into our lives, eventually helping to create an overall society. In classroom connection, I had this unit between was between language and vocabulary. It seemed ironic to me that our vocabulary, which is the body of words used in a particular language, used included language-based terms. So in order for, to learn about language, we had to learn words in our language. Although this was a very obvious connection thought, it was kind of fun and seemed worth mentioning. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Hello, my name is Trevor Nate, and today I'll be discussing the uh, chapter four uh, one-pagers. Uh, my favorite part was uh, chapter 10 about boundaries and other things like that and it really like my it was my favorite part because it really it's used in like my everyday life and uh, like it's used in my everyday life in our country's everyday life I uh, struggle with the um, the part where it said like a ripple effect for um, different problems and I just had my uh, it was a tough time grasping my mind around how uh, like a city problem or a 
uh, county problem could translate to a worldwide scale. Uh, why, where, uh, in one of the one pages about nationalism, uh, chapter 11 uh, or 10, nationalism, or 11, uh, nationalism, yeah, uh, it really portrays to our country or really connects to our country because USA has a very strong sense of nationalism and stuff like that. Uh, um, the connection across all three chapters, basically what it really comes down to is that we use these things in everyday life and it really was like the basis and foundation of our country whenever it was founded. And uh, it, it played a big role in what our country is today. And uh, classroom connection to our chapters, I connected this unit with the colonial unit of uh, last year in eighth grade uh, U.S. history because they had uh, multiple uh, like boundary disputes and um those sort of things and uh, the establishment of our country was based pretty much on boundaries and borders and uh, problems and all that stuff. Uh, this is Trevor Nate discussing chapter uh, unit four.